Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast, brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Supersonic. 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 From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The rocket fuel podcast for food, drink, and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up. Tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks and advice on how you can make your brand boom. So today I'm really excited because I'm about to meet some people that I've got to know so well over social media and the internet. And that is Biff and Andy from Biff's Kitchen. I'm so excited to meet these guys. They've made great strides in terms of making veganism cool. And I'm really, really excited to hear the story about how the business began and also all of the partnership potential that they have that could really make Biff's an absolute stunning, iconic household name. So it gives me the most plant-powered pleasure ever to be in the fancy studio today because I've got two guests and I have Biff and Andy from Biff's Kitchen. Hey man. Hello, thanks for the intro. (laughs) Bit of alliteration, (laughs) love that. Well, I I just was really conscious of the 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 peas, which uh, can pee off my producer. Uh, He gets a little bit angry with me because I always get a bit spitty or something, (laughs) which is never good, that pop. Um, So yeah, well, this is a nice finish to the day. We've got the big studio, we can relax. Uh, Last was in here, I did an investor special lately, which was good, but also had the twisted guys in. Uh, Jungle Creations, they were lovely, they were so good and I'm getting similar vibes from you guys so I think today's episode's going to be fun. No pressure. <laughs> no, uh, look, <laughs> I wish we'd just recorded what we were talking about just there off mic and yeah, you know. we'd have been arrested. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's some cannibalism stuff going on but yeah. Um, so I guess it's a bit of a vegan special and, and this is going to go out, I think I'll put this out in January, I think it's a good time. For people because of you know veganuary, yeah. but also yeah, people just looking at their options and and thinking about themselves and you know having a good look in the mirror after Christmas and going oh, Christ, I better sort this out. So right, we better start at the start. So 
A, it would be good to understand your individual backgrounds, but then how you became the ant in deck of the jackfruit race. <laughs> <laughs> that, that means, um, means your ant and I'm dead. Yeah. Well, one of I us guess height-wise. Or for, forehead-wise. Yeah. One, <laughs> one of us has had an interesting year. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just had a year off. You're pretty doing quiet. really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty quiet. Love you, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing well. Yeah, so Andy, do you want to, just in an alphabetical sense, do you want to go first? Yeah, and so, I mean, the... The first thing to kind of say is obviously Biff's is Biff predominantly uh-huh. uh, and I will defer to him to tell that story a little bit more. My background is slightly interesting. I should probably start with the fact I'm the only person in the team who isn't vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am your quintessential flexitarian um, and how I ended up in food was used to work in advertising, mm-hmm. loved av- loved the advertising creative side of things. What, what were you doing roughly? Uh, I, I had a, an agency, I had oh, a joint venture you? but I was always the digital guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was fun, yeah. but I was like, I missed, I wanted to own like a, a creative process from end to end. Yeah. And when I left my agency, I was doing some consultancy and I was like, right, side hustles. Uh, and I got an opportunity. There was a friend who'd started to look at port scratchings of all things, which is obviously a long way from vegan. Of course. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's actually that much meat in there, is there? There's well, all bad stuff. No, I mean, no, 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 there is now a vegan, oh. a vegan scratching that's been getting quite oh, a lot of press as well. Yeah, I did see that. Um, but, uh, and it was like, grew up in Birmingham, always eating them and looked at it and was like, there's an opportunity there. So we basically decided as a side project, we mm. were going to create this brand. And I took the marketing side, he took the operation side. Uh, and it went from a side project to house in the line in six months, then went on Dragon's Den and it kind of started to escalate. What, were you actually on Dragon's Den? Yeah. You'd, you'd stood in front of them and... Yeah, it was fun. What, what, geez, what happened? I, you know, did you walk away? Yeah, so we, we took some investment. You did? Uh, and it's all, and, which is great and it was all those things. But you, I mean, Dragon's Den as a side and I talk about this a few to quite a few people. Mm. So got to go in as a... you got to see it as advertising. you got to go and oh, see yeah. it. You've got to drive it, right? Don't be there and be someone else's education, uh, entertainment, because yeah. that's not what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And food is great for Dragon's Den because it's tangible and people get it. And like, if you're B2B, it's not worth it. But there's been a few brands that have gone through there. Yeah. Um, fast forward lots, we ended up in Sainsbury's and Tesco's. Uh, but we also got to know the on-trade really well. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the on-trade and got to really know food service. End of 2017, start of... Last year, if this going out in January, two years ago, so 2018, uh, I decided I was going to leave and uh, I had a bit of time to decide what I was going to do next. I still had my stake at the time and it was like, well, what do I do? Um, and I had a bit of a thought and I decided that I wanted to concentrate on plant-based. Um, not because I was going to immediately go vegan, but I just felt like it was a time to do something more progressive. Like I, I could understand like you couldn't have been in the environment i was and you would have people challenge you on your choices and things and i would always justify it with like well it's a byproduct you know no animals technically being killed but the reality was you can you can try and spin those things out but i felt like just at a macro level it'd be more of a uh more of a progressive thing to do to focus on plant-based so then i was said i'm going to sell my steak so i've done that over the last year or so mm-hmm. and that then gave me some time uh, and a little bit of money to then focus on new things. Yeah. Um, of which I took a couple of non-exec positions in. A, there's a brand called Ollie's Olives who does. Uh-huh. He does some nice stuff. Yeah. He makes olives. <clears throat> you may have guessed. Yeah. He's doing nicely. Uh, and a couple of other brands. And then um, Biff and I were friends of friends. And when Biff was just starting out, we mm-hmm. were sat opposite each other at a dinner. And we got chatting, and I was like, "Wow, that's 
really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then when I tried the food, and because th- that's got to be, it's got to taste good over everything else. Yeah. And that, that often gets lost in more specialist or niche areas, I think. It's like, got to taste it. I tasted it and I was like, this is mind blowing. As a someone who isn't vegan, you've got mm-hmm. to get me on tasting texture as well as the other areas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that is pretty interesting and then when we got talking to biff how they were making the product at the time so like, well, already making it centrally there's already an opportunity here. it's frozen there's already an opportunity here to scale this as a business mm-hmm. so we had to sit down and i was like if i was you there's an opportunity here to think beyond where we've got to and street yeah. food and own sites and if you're interested then i'm interested and let's let's work something out so that's basically what we did great uh that is a really abridged version uh-huh. uh, and fast forward kind of a year and a bit and and that's what we we, we decided to that we would go after food service effectively yeah. and that's what we've been doing great all right beth you're up <laughs> you're up next uh, just just as a, a personal question your name beth is it something longer um yes it is yeah that it's uh <laughs> it, it beth is short of something uh-huh. um but you know, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. That's so. fine. No, I just, I, no, I, I just, I had a, a, a someone I met on holiday uh, a few years ago, Scottish guy, and his name was Biff. Ah, and uh, but he was Mama Biffy. Mama Biffy, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's my football team, <clears throat> Kilmarnock. So, ah, right. Biffy Clyro, very dear to my heart. Right. Um, who was it now? I think he's, I think he's from. Was it? I think it was maybe Bartholomew. No, mine's. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the story. You know, I don't, I don't like. Uh, You're gonna have to kill a lot of listeners. Yeah, exactly. You're have to kill <laughs> it's not as cool as you hope. Either, so. uh, it's just a mispronunciation on my name. When my when I was born, my brother was 18 months old. He couldn't say Christopher. Ah. He used to say Biftifer, and then it shortened. And that became the and thing. That became Biff. And were you just known as that then for a forever, long time? Yeah, since the first week I was born. Like, wow. I, to the point that I didn't know Biff's name. A lot of people don't Biff know my real for name. For a very yeah. and occasionally I get an email and it'll. Biff has Biff and Chris at this kitchen, and sometimes you'll get one that says Chris, and I'm like, Who is this guy? Who's this guy? Sometimes I'm like that. (laughs) (laughs) Me? This is going to be a great pub quiz question. (laughs) One year, you know, when it's when it's went super famous, you know. Okay, great. So then, what? Yeah, what about the background that then took you to to doing what you're doing now? Um, Well, slightly different background i'd say um if i was going to take you way way back mm-hmm. then um i would say don't tell the vegans but i used to yeah. work at mcdonald's right which is part of where my obsession with burgers comes from mm-hmm. basically <laughs> um so i used to work for mcdonald's and although i do not agree with mcdonald's ethics mm-hmm. anyway they're actually a very good company for a young person to work for in terms of their training what you can i learned so much about operations right yeah like especially operational run. standards exactly yeah. how like hygiene how to build a burger like how to be efficient you know how to train staff loads of mm. really great skills um so i did that when i was at university and um and then i left and ran a few bars and pubs in brighton and in london mm-hmm. and then, anyone do you want to see in brighton uh, uh i used to run the mash ton did you yeah yeah yeah. Great I used to, yeah my friend was the the, the the manager owner and i was the um live-in manager of it i used to live Not i used to live sport. in yeah. yeah those were days um <laughs> so uh yeah and then um uh i sort of wanted to get out of hospitality a little bit and more into creative so i worked for a few digital um music and video companies mm-hmm. just doing a bit of content here and there and then um i worked at groupon for many years yeah, which you yeah. Might, yeah yeah i was one of the founding like um 
members of the sort of editorial and design team in okay. Groupon UK. When we started, it was basically just two or three of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I left, or well, not long before I left, we were managing a team of about 120 people across seven countries wow. <laughs> of design, content, and a few other bits. And um, important thing I should insert during the Groupon chat is that that's where I met Krista, my wife, Krista. Uh-huh who is the inspiration behind my veganism. Really? So that's why that's kind of important, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I did a little bit of social media analytics and uh, working with a few agencies and stuff after mm-hmm. that. Um, but always been a chef in the background, always done little bits and bobs and forever been nagged by my friends to, why don't you start your own thing? Why don't you do your own yeah, thing? Yeah. Blah, blah. And then, uh, well, yeah, and then it all came to a head really when I got made redundant, which sounds bad, but it was just a really great thing for me because it gave me yeah. a, a kick up the backside, right? It's like, okay, well, you could go out and get another job now or you can just take some time and yeah. some of the money you've got and go for it really it. So, it's such an entrepreneurial time for for the right people you know where it is yeah i would just have coasted i'd have kept going yeah it happens and as you see well you can go three ways you can just you know go under your duvet and stay there <laughs> or you know you just go right same as it ever was or actually someone's telling me something here yeah just as a point as well should it be called krista's kitchen then really <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, let's, let's not float that to her. Sounds um, like a sub-brand. <laughs> I, 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 well, when you've got a nickname like Biff, um, it, it kind of like, it, it, you know, it sticks. It, it sticks. It and there's, you know, our whole vibe, if you look at our um, branding and our marketing, the way we talk about ourselves, yeah, yeah. it's very much fixed in that 80s sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And that comes from Biff and Back to the Future and all the sort of stuff that I love. So. I, I was just, I was always thinking about when I saw your branding, have you seen, um, God, what is it? It'll be one of the Despicable Me films. I've seen the first the two. Eight, all right, so I think it's three. There's oh. an 80s baddie. Oh. And he's all dressed up in like the shell suit with the colours oh. that you guys have and all that I sort of stuff. It. And you got to, and that, like he's moonwalking away with his like Walkman on and all <laughs> this kind of jazz, you know. So yeah, you should Brilliant. really have a look. You really have a look. I'll watch it. That's cool. And then, so yeah, you met eyes over the, the, the dinner table at this thing. Yeah, I was and, a few yeah. points deep at that point. <laughs> and Andy showed a bit of interest. So I essentially shouted at him, I think. It was more like, yes, I'm doing this and I'm really excited about it. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was like, okay, yeah. I, uh, well. I think I'm going to go to the toilet, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Get me away from you. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, it was a, it, I'm, glad, I'm glad I had that chat because... Um, mm-hmm. We wouldn't have got to where we are now without Andy, so yeah. it was worth it. So before we get all too dewy-eyed and start crying, <laughs> let's let's talk about the business then. So if you had to explain Biff's Kitchen to someone, what what would you be saying about it? What's your well, what's your Dragon's Den pitch? Uh, I think Biff does it better. It's okay. Oh, oh, is that the strap line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biff does it better. better. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So it's how you do marketing for a I'll invoice um, you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we like to be a bit sweary and a bit shouty and a bit different. Uh-huh. Um, but w- we always use a couple of mantras. One of them is filthy vegan junk food. Mm-hmm. Um, because at a time where we started, really, there wasn't a lot of that around. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted to be, well, I, I, I missed that type of food so much that essentially I wanted to create it for me to eat. Yeah. And it just so happened that everyone else liked it. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a vanity project really. You know, <laughs> put my face on it as well. Um but I'd say that, you know, it's 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 no compromise, all indulgence. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's really we we we're not necessarily making 
food or culture just for vegans right yeah. because we, we want everyone to be involved we don't really judge people on their choices i'm i think that if you're going to get people on board to make a good change for the environment and for the world mm. um then you've got to speak to them on their level you, you can't just shout at them yeah um and, and that's just me we're all inclusive no compromises our food is our activism and the minute people eat it they that's it. They're, yeah. they're sold. So that's good enough for me. <laughs> and where are they now then? How many have you got and all that stuff just for people listening? So I'll do this bit. Okay. So we've had a bit of a tour. Um, so when Biff started in street food, like in, as so many brands do and in Passion, got picked up by Curb, mm-hmm. the Curb kind of uh, accelerating space. So it's, it's quite quickly you kind of get into sort of top tier of the street food kind of space. Yeah. And there's some really great peers in that space and see some guys doing some great stuff. Uh, and then we had started doing kitchen sort of pop-ups and residencies. Yep. And the, well, I said the one ended up being nine months, 10 months. Uh, yeah, 11 actually. So, mm. and that was in Dalston. And then we took Box Park, the Shoreditch Box Park, yep. which is great. And I mean, it's, it's great for lots of reasons in terms of the fact that there's everybody, it's, it's obviously on the trade tour. So yeah. you get to try a lot of people, but also it's a really great way to build some, a bit of a following. Um, and we were also, at the time we were doing, we've got a site with Eat17 in Wolfenstow, mm-hmm. and we did trial one in Hummerton as well. Um, but recently, we've closed a couple of those down because we've really focused on an opportunity with Brewdog to do their first yes. ever vegan site. It was in Dalston, too close to home to go and do another one, so we decided we'd leave Brewdog and we would go and really concentrate, sorry, leave um, Bucks Park and really concentrate on Brewdog. So at the yeah. moment, really, we've got the Wolfenstow site, uh, although I'm not sure how long we're going to be there. By the time this comes out, this well, we may have left actually because yeah. the guys at Eat Seventeen who are amazing mm. need the space back for bakery, and it was always like a semi-permanent. Yeah, space. it was a right. pop-up sort of space. Um, so we'll be back to one site, but it'll be the Brewdog site mm-hmm. because we've we also we we never want to lose sight on having our own our own spaces and being yeah. able to that as a brand beacon and drive people there. Yeah. But because we've also got this product focus, mm. the longer term focus is to look beyond that. So I, I dare say we'll have another site when we, we actively look for the right opportunities. But they, it's just what we also discover is it's really easy to run out a lot of stuff and actually have a lot of distractions without actually making them commercially work. Yeah. And I think you've seen lots of people get into lots of places and then pull back. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, we've got this opportunity, a fantastic opportunity with Brewdog. The brands align so nicely yeah. in terms of they hate crappy beer we hate crappy bean burgers if the time things seem to work really well yeah. together so that's that's at the moment Dalston will be the key focus and what happened with Brewdog then did they approach you did was it James and David or you know what happened there uh, no it, there's, there's a gentleman called Chad who mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of coming as a head of food but I, I know okay. Brewdog as, as a business as you well know mm-hmm. it changes a lot um, mm-hmm. so Chad came in on a consultancy basis and he'd worked with us we did a trial for the more product-led listening with All Star Lanes, and he oh, was at yeah. All Star Lanes Consulting at the time, so he knew of us, uh, and he reached out, and we were like, "That is just some opportunities you've just got to run at, right?" And yeah. people, as you talked on, some people like will sit on the hands and worry about it, and sometimes, and you've just got to run at it. And given that it was Brewdog as well, we know that's how they think. So yeah. that's we were basically like, we literally made the decision over like two days to yeah. close the one site and go for that. And uh, it's 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 a really interesting exciting opportunity because mm. they've they've their focus is to to drive towards plant-based and vegetarian they're even sort of they've got their manifesto of about 50 percent of their menu now is is vegetarian and vegan and it's only going to do more of that and so we see there's a tremendous opportunity there with those guys yeah we just now have to prove that you can also do it in a 
in a, in a pure play way as well. And is there plans to do more of these? There's certainly plans on our side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the, the view is prove the concept. We, we've got kind of two angles. We can work as an on-menu ingredient type option, yeah. um, which is probably more of an opportunity for scale with those guys. But then if there was the opportunity for another city to take on a, a pure vegan site, then mm. perhaps it's an interesting thing to look at as well. Yeah. But we, again, it's that, Do you need? does the site need to be pure play vegan for, for it to really cut through or is the answer to be a site that caters for a text that he tries to, we, we feel like Dawson caters for everybody that's yeah. definitely the answer. it's the most inclusive site they can have yeah. undoubtedly some people rail against it a little bit and our mm. job is to convince them that there's no compromise in that space yeah. um, and, and, and Brewdog's job as well so they seem really happy with it all the beers obviously now we've been through and checked all the beers and made sure everything there is vegan as well which were they were they were really great about yeah, like, it's been, like it's been great they asked us to come on board and we were like okay yeah this is great and my only stipulation was like but you have to make the whole bar vegan not right. just the food all the beers your the milk for your coffee everything and they were like okay yep yeah, we'll do that great i mean just really great you know and just went through the whole list and and got rid of any non-vegan beers there's only a few but that's know, amazing what we it? love is we've had a couple of reviews and i shared the one recently where the, the best review we can get was like the, the last paragraph is like what struck me was just the normality of it all it was like a bustling friday night in dalston yeah everyone's having a great time they're enjoying some nice food they're enjoying some great beer yeah and that that's totally the win right because that's where you get volume and yeah. that's where you get change right and it doesn't matter what your beliefs are you there will be change if everybody yeah. thinks like that was well, it just about weird I, I don't know what were they expecting like you know, I, I, I know, well, I I know, I know yeah. people can have preconceptions, but that, that's quite maybe they were expecting us to shout, "Oh, we're vegan!" Yeah, put signs up, "This is vegan," and, and just, blah blah. And that's not really what we're all about. Like yeah. I said, just have a good time and enjoy it. Oh, playing oh some, by the way, it's vegan. Playing, playing Morris, oh not Morrissey anymore, is it? No, he's sort of screwed it, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he used to be so likable, yeah, but anyway, and then yeah, yeah get out to the toilets, and there's no aftershave, just carrots. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's funny though, but like, it's particularly yeah. because I'm kind of sort of this hybrid. Kind of, I'm passionately believing what we're doing here, but also the flip side that I can also sit with someone who's meat eater and they think, well, of course you're not part of that lot, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. And there is definitely with certain people, there is a mental block that it's going to be it's like a different race. And then you look at like something like. Saying look, Club Mex. I don't think it ever. You can quite happily buy something from there and not realise it's vegan. Yeah, yeah. just because the experience is great, and yeah. that's that's where I think that's where you'll see people win. You've seen lots of people tear in to particularly at a product level, and it's been it's been a bit average. Yeah. and then you are now at that next level where it starts to mature, and people realise that you've got to deliver on all the things and not just try and make people make a massive sacrifice in order to follow a particular yeah. belief. Vegans have got a choice now, which is great. And that's why yeah. we're offering choice and now they have choice. So yeah. people are going to vote with their feet and vote with their money. So yeah. you've got to be the best, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, not just now like, here's your vegan option, deal with it. Yeah. It's like, no, here's 10. Two dishes. <laughs> this year, like that, the Tao Sando Katsu sandwich has just been like everywhere, right? It's been yeah, the most yeah. photographing ever. Wouldn't it be awesome if next year that happened to be a vegan item? But it yeah. was just like, everyone weren't waiting because it was vegan. It was just, that's the best tasting thing or the most exciting thing I've had this year. Yeah. That would be to us. That would be the ultimate in terms of dreams, because then it's just like it doesn't. It's just mainstream, and that's that's the game. Yeah. And what about veganism in general? Then, because it might be a good chance to talk about it, what it's like. You know, just 
you know, in your daily life, people that are maybe thinking about the switch and also any common misconceptions to kind of get out of the way. So we were jokingly talking about earlier on, you know, I've heard some crazy things where, you know, people were having a debate. I don't know if it's that crazy, but, uh, you know, having a debate that eating human meat flesh <laughs> would be vegan <laughs> because of the consent angle, right? So it's not an anti-meat thing. There's a, it's just a consent thing, right? Your honour. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. I mean, he says I, a bit yeah. I haven't read the vegan handbook from, uh-huh. from cover to cover just yet. Is it not there like might a club, be some though? morality stipulations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying it's legal in every state. <laughs> you know. But, you know, it was, it was an interesting debate that was going on. But just in terms of that, there are a lot of misconceptions. And the one that really gets my goat at, at the moment is uh, people saying, I'm vegan, but then they're fishing in again. You're like, well, you're not. You know, it's, it's just like, you're just not, you know. So there's a lot of that going on at the moment, which yeah. at least people are moving towards changing their diet. Yeah, you yeah, know, which and is that's positive. Like, I mean, if everybody, if everyone in the world didn't eat meat once a week, the change would be like tremendous over a few people going vegan mm-hmm. so there's something to be said about not necessarily discriminating or against people that just say oh i'm just cutting down on this or yeah. whatever like i always say brilliant well done yeah. have a go go a bit further if you can or people go i went vegan but then i just had to do start eating this again or i couldn't give up this i'm like oh, that's fine yeah. like you had a go and you're already doing something amazing so i try not to abide by the rules mm-hmm. too much like everyone's different like there was a lot of principles flying about and and that and and when you have a certain level of principles it's difficult to go back right you see things you read things you learn things and there's a point at which you you go vegan because yeah. you've been tipped um and i think for those people that have gone vegan uh, yes they, they're not probably not going to go back yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but it's, it goes both ways like the preconceptions go one way but they also can go the other yeah. from vegans to people who are non-vegan you don't want to just call someone out on yeah. the spot because that'll just push them away but um yeah preconceptions or what whatever coming to vegans i mean the pre- the protein thing just gets pushed in your face all the time yeah. like where'd you get your protein from well there's a lot of protein out there yeah yeah you just one thing i've noticed about being vegan is i can just eat more <laughs> right i can just eat more right like more of the things that I eat more of the time. And I really like eating. Yeah. yeah. So that's a bonus for me. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so if someone wants to say, well, there's a bit less protein per pound in this than that. Well, I'll just eat more of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause I like eating. You'd rather do it. Um, but yeah, the plant-based versus vegan thing. Another, another thing people like to say, well, what's the difference? Mm. Well, one's a lifestyle. One's like plant-based. It tends to be less associated with, uh, um, the moral end of it and more like maybe it's to do with your health or yeah. or anything like that. I mean, either's fine, like just have a go. Yeah. Save the planet. <laughs> so just we're also touching some things that, you know, I wasn't aware of, you know, so things like if you're trying to be more vegan, I suppose, in your diet or your lifestyle, whatever it is, things like beeswax on lemons yeah. and drinks or yeah. you know i think on qi they were talking about uh avocados being not completely vegan because of bees and you mentioned figs yeah as well because of wasps because so of wasps, there's a yeah. there's, there's quite if you're going to be you know strict on it then... yeah i mean 
you, you can only know what you can know right? uh, like a uh, uh, lot of beer isn't vegan um and wine yeah a lot of wine's what not vegan um because the 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 reason it's not vegan is a byproduct as opposed to an ingredient they don't have to necessarily list it yeah. on camera it's, it's actually a lot more prominent nowadays people are putting like vegan on cans and bottles mm-hmm. but yeah you you right you, you can spend a long time just googling every single thing you're going to yeah. put in your body right but um you'd lose a lot of your hours in your day <laughs> doing that um so i i you know if you i always go by the mantra that if i know something then i know it and yeah. i'll avoid it and i'll just do it but um sometimes i don't have time to check you know, yeah like and so you just have to take those things on the chin and do the best you can really yeah and well, there's, there's certainly there's definitely a at a technical level there's challenges at the moment as well because yeah. there just isn't like at a manufacturing point of view mm-hmm. there's there's there, there are obviously schemes and there are things coming but there mm-hmm. isn't a lot of completely purely vegan manufacturing space for instance yeah and so you get to a point and because of the the everyone's real kind of nervousness around allergens and just making sure you get those things right. Mm-hmm. You get into these really interesting spaces where the the sensible legal thing to say is to put an alibi label in a producing a factory that handles because you want to be able to give someone absolutely all the facts. Yep. But then the vegan side is it goes to another level because it's not just giving someone the information from an allergen point of view because there's also a moral thing in there as well and that those type of things are really difficult because you yeah. look at the back of the pack of most stuff and it will be producing a factory that handles and until you get to massive scale yeah can't overcome those things and so we're very much at like in general it feels like it's quite it's at the forefront of something really exciting at the moment as a as a space and there are some challenges and some people will agree with the route they go down and some people won't but the reality is i think as a as, a, as an industry, people know the right path and what needs to be done and how we're going to get there. It's yeah. just time and scale is still the big thing. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to bdo.co.uk. Hashtag ad. Well, talking about scale then, you were talking about this food service angle. What's the dream? What's going on there? So we talked about this and the dream and like to us, what we, if you would pitch the dream ideally, it was like, we looked at it and it's like, the brand's credible. Like Insta, obviously you get big following, that side yeah. of things. How much now on Insta? 23,000 coming up. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. There's lots of headroom, but it's super engaged. That's, yeah. Which, you know, it's not like just going to buy all your Most followers. people give the right arm for that, right? And they've got 80 sites. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, oh, we, we, we have done it on its head a little bit, which does lead us into food service in a, in a good place. We're not a, a pre-raise, no, no brand, no followers mm. thing. We're, 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 we've done it. We've put, we've put the legwork in and we know how to talk to people about quality of food and, and what people want because we've seen it face to face in street food so it gives us a leg up into the industry it's, it's an exciting grid you know it when is. you just flick through it's very pleasing to, <laughs> to look through I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm using you as an example when I'm 
out chatting to clients about you know what you should and shouldn't be doing. So that might Chris very happy. Yeah. Really um, good because what we want to do is get the food to. We want our food to reach lots of people mm. and casual dining as a sector incredibly hard as you well know sure. and also very capital intensive and neither of us had the excuse upon had the appetite for mm. that i think just to go and raise huge amounts of money to and then it's not site. yours man do you know what i mean like that yeah. that's the bit i really worry about like you started your own company to be your own people yeah. like not mm. with and you know it can be tough you know having investors involved and, and because the way we've always produced because we do a lot of festivals and a lot of kind of mobile sort of street stuff and we so this year we did 10 11 top tier festivals so Glastonbury and and all those things you did Glastonbury yeah, yeah it's yeah. always oh, been hot, hottest weekend of the year how not was great, it not great for fried food if you're honest uh, was it, it was yeah. fine and just quickly on Glastonbury is that logistically it's just a much harder festival to for do sure. than any other because of a how far away it is and b the the inclement weather that can possibly happen so you have to prep for the, the worst and so it takes more money more people more time more of everything to to to, to run it so even though we take a similar amount of money there than we would at uh, another festival uh, bottom line's a bit less yeah but good fun but also you got to see some bands or well Did you get about it? There, there was point. also a point so <laughs> a it's massive b it's further away c biff and krista got married that weekend so none of us were there yeah which was so i, I actually we <laughs> oh got, you got married somewhere else i got married in norfolk in um on the same weekend and obviously andy attended uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, as a friend i was delighted uh, when we got that date yeah and uh, <laughs> uh but I, I had to send the team to glastonbury and be like right i'm gonna turn my phone off for a number of days yeah so if Oh, if something bad happens, you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that, but that kind of, the fact that we can do that and send a team is like, from all the things Biff had learned from his past and understanding how what a playbook looks like and how yeah. to build a product. Um, we already <clears throat> were taking the CPU model that most people are now in terms of, because you get central prep and then, so that meant, because especially even someone like Botspot, storage is so minimal, you've got to yeah, be so yeah. lean. And so we were already shipping the product in frozen because we fry anyway. And it was like, okay, well that, in essence, there's already a product there. Yeah. We want our food to reach as many people as we can. Feels like there's a product opportunity. Mm-hmm. So th- that's So when you see to... food service, who are you going after, for example? So on you... trade particularly. So if, if you were to ask me what a dream scenario is at the moment, uh-huh. is that anybody who's got a vague interest in reducing their meat intake yeah. looks around at who's a interesting brand in the space, sees of us, goes into their local pub, and on their menu is a BIS product and yeah. know that that's going to be good because the product is designed to be de-skilled because we've got a lack of chefs in the space nowadays and so anything that can be an easy to replicate good quality experience is going to win. Yeah. It's frozen, so pubs that are like, I don't know if we've got any vegans. Well, you've got a, sh- you've got a year shelf life on a case. Yeah, yeah. You've got plenty of yeah, time. Yeah, cool. yeah, uh, yeah. And then we've got the credible brand behind it that we can prop it up with. So you've seen the guys from America come and do it, but it's all kind of lab grown and slightly crazy. We are fruit based. Slightly scary, isn't it? Some of the yes. little bit. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, there's a few things going on with a few that are certainly impossible burger. I think they had trouble getting into the UK because there were certain things that in their ingredient <sighs> list that they couldn't class as food but it's a, it's a weird one like if you can't class it as food it's about like oh, Christ, yeah, but there's never so been what? a time where it's moved so fast right that something's gone from effectively not existing oh, yeah. to on your plate and mm. that is both really exciting and there are obviously going to be some points where there's like whoa it's like the way vaping moves so fast yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. people are pushing there's going to be that same kind of stuff i yeah, would imagine yeah. so, which is why but we so we sit the product is not trying to be a red meat type alternative anyway. No. And we're 
and we we are i mean you look at the ingredient deck and you know exactly what everything is in that Mm -hmm. um so we tend to sit alongside which is great so then we've gone we launched uh with punch punch was our first yeah so we've launched in uh do you work with russ on that Yes, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and a couple of other guys as well. Uh, He's a good then, man, Ross. Yeah, He's a then, lovely fellow. And Andy Briggs is a at the chef level, and yeah. so we put those together. And then now uh, that's the scale is to be able to work with a couple of great distributors and be able to support that. And then Biff can go out and work with chefs and create builds. Yeah. But the ability is that there's no if we can just make it easy for someone to go out and know they're going to have a nice option so if they're out for dinner with a bit large group they haven't yeah. been a bit, oh, i can't eat there they know they're going to have that and yeah. we can do the job and supporting it promoting it and all the festivals then become as much about the brand builders the take yeah that feels really exciting yeah. um so it's a big play but then yeah you don't, you don't change things unless you go big so yeah. it's, it's go big or go home well and i think just, i had uh, Stephen bartlett from social chain who's you know doing really well as yeah. a personal brand thing and he said today, you know, not taking a risk will ultimately be your biggest risk. So, you know, I think it's big and scary and, you know, you probably get vertigo at times, but it's, it feels like the, you know, absolutely right thing that you're doing. And I think what's so joyous from what you're saying is you've just thought so smartly about this because you could go down the trap of let's open five units a year, let's do the thing, you know, but that would just be so capital intensive as you yeah. say and this this sounds like a much smarter route i mean what what's the product range then what's the sort of range that you've got is it one product or is there a range of things or what's going well, on we're launching with two two uh-huh. skews one is the patty mm-hmm. um, and one which could be a burger but it also could be used as a katsu cutlet or something like that yeah. it, you know it's quite versatile and then we have uh the wing which is um, wrapped around a sugar cane bone Great. You can use it as part of a platter or a starter yeah. or whatever. That's what there's two, but that's just, I mean, that's the first of a lot. We've been doing a lot of MPD recently and, uh, you know, you've got to think anything that a chicken or a fried chicken can do, then a fried jackfruit can do. So, you know, mm. like, like small, like balls, um, you know, filled snack packs, takeaway mm-hmm. food to go bits. Like there's a lot of stuff we could, Kiev's, I love Kiev's. I was in Kiev last Kiev. week. <laughs> Working, I've, I've, I've nailed a great Kiev. Are those two things actually joined? Is, is, yeah. is the Kiev come from Kiev? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. never quite sure. Well, so. a couple of interesting things. One is when I was out there, I was really looking for it. I didn't have it in the end, but I finally saw it on a menu and I felt quite pleased with myself. <laughs> I felt like, you know, seeing a haggis in Scotland. As well. <clears> and then uh, earlier on today, I was uh, interviewing Mark Fox from Roadchef, the, the service stations. He's the CEO there. And um, he was actually talking about someone he knows and she was responsible for bringing the chicken Kiev to Marks and Spencers, I think it was, in like the late 70s, 80s or something. Wow. And she's sort of the, the person responsible for, <laughs> for bringing it over. And then the other quick fact is, uh, you know, do you know uh, Kate Nichols from UK Hospitality? No, it seems like someone I should have met. Oh, yeah. So she sort of is, is our person in government almost where she lobbies yeah. for our industry and, and this and that. Anyway, amazing lady and she's been on a podcast. I think she, if I get the story straight, she was working with the European government at the time, like way back, and she defended prawn, like, prawn cocktail crisps were going to not be a thing. Like it was going to get eradicated because of EU laws or British laws or something. Anyway, she managed to over 
override it or prove against it. And she's, without <laughs> us all knowing, you know, it's just going about our daily lives, she saved prawn cocktail Chris is one of those really, another interesting vegan space because you probably yeah. find a couple of prawn cocktail ones are possibly vegan and then quite yeah. a lot of salt and vinegar aren't. So yeah, right. lots of bacon, they're all, they're all vegan, but then you get like a Dorito and it's and, and it's, it's not, not and it's cheese and it's not milk powder um, oh, there's a lot there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of st- and I think there's, that's the other side there's a lot of hidden animals yeah, in like food chain chili heat wave or one of these yeah, yeah, yeah. milk but, powder crisps yeah. when, it came, my life. when it came to the <laughs> the product side of things it was like what we didn't want to do was attempt to launch 15 SKUs it was never gonna no. like it was never gonna make yeah. sense it was like here's two and then we can do builds and then we can help standardize that. And then it's like, because just make it really easy for a pub chef or like an entree just to be able to put something together that yeah. know it's going to be a nice quality, easy to build, easy to replicate product. Yeah. That feels like that makes a lot of sense. And if we can nail that, then then we're onto a good thing. And what about uh, social media content and, and things like that? Um, you know, just saying in the studio, you know, with the twisted guys in and, and things like that. I mean, obviously they're going to another extreme on all that stuff. Are you focusing a lot of time on that stuff? Is it just happening reasonably naturally? How, how are you viewing all that side of things? Um, we've always put a lot of time and effort into the social. Uh, and it, I should say that's Krista's uh-huh. job, the third third person who's not here right now. Um, she's responsible for all that. like, um, And she works currently as we as we record this podcast uh-huh. um for in the city doing uh, marketing and um website acquisition for a, like a large trading bank so that's her day job she's mm. very good at it she's actually coming on board this full time at the end of the month so she has previous in creating content knowing what you know what gets really great engagement yeah. um and yeah she's really great at that so she's she's a good sort of creative director as well on the on the on the, the social side of things and she's yeah. a content writer and and so yeah yeah we do put a lot of effort into that and we, uh, and we, we look at the, the space and you look at who's doing what at the moment and we know that we're gonna have to continue to invest into that time you know mm-hmm. the yeah. bosch guys have done an incredible job yeah. and then delicious yellow have done an incredible job and they're like digital first platforms mm-hmm that then have the ability to reach lots of people in the way that what you're seeing is you're seeing loads of big traditional manufacturers like, oh, plant-based or vegan, we'll have a bit of that. And then they flop really hard yeah. because they're just trying to force it, literally force it down people's throats. Yeah, and yeah. no one buys into that. Like, as you said, generally it's driven by, it's a conscious change and people want to feel like they're what they're eating is a brand that they can identify with and believe in yeah. and no amount of money thrown at social is going to create that brand right yeah. the only way you're going to create biff is biff telling a story and krista and krista telling their story yeah um and so that's where we've got the smaller guys have the chance to win and that's what social's so amazing at right you can just yeah. level that playing field really quickly because you just can't make it up yeah and then just thinking about taking the leap a little bit so just kind of going back into the the business you bought a van instead of a house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that van's gone as well. It's the saddest oh, day. Oh, oh, poor God. old Rev. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, to pr- just slightly appreciate that, I started a street food business with no driving license, which okay. on the face of it probably sounds a bit silly, but I went out and did an intensive course and passed my driving license and then one week later bought a van. So the only thing I've ever driven or owned is a van. 
straight You've never from, driven a car? Well, I have. Uh, um, rental cars since then. But well, the only thing I've ever regularly driven yeah, yeah. around is, is a van. And That would make you a better driver, I think, wouldn't it? In central London as yeah. well. In central like, London, well, yeah. yeah. Most yeah. people don't go straight from learning to in a transit in central London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who did, actually. Uh, it was Zan from Bleaker Burger. Mm. So Zan, uh, well, she... Another Kerbal alumni. She's amazing. The, she, she was, yeah, just such an amazing guest, you know. But mm. um, it wasn't that she couldn't drive. She'd never driven stick. Right, of course, because she's American. It was scary the day I bought that van and had to drive Where did you it. get it from? I took a train on a Sunday. It's always some far flung. To the middle of Hertfordshire. Right, there you go. Yeah. To, to buy this van that I'd seen on Gumtree, which you, you just never know what you're yeah. going to get, right? Um, and um, the guy who I was buying it off, he said, I've had loads of interest. And the reason I've, uh, I want to sell it to you is because, you know, you told me you're going to use it for street food. And I really want it to have like an interesting home to go to. <laughs> It's not a dog or a kid. <laughs> and yeah. his family were there. And he, said, he said, guys, guys, um, this Biff's oh, here and he's going to take the van. He's going to do street food with it. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Um, sweet, yeah. And But I was middle of in the middle of nowhere in Hertfordshire and realised that I had no insurance, right? Because you can't drive it. I was sat in it going, oh, right, I can't drive it anywhere yet. So I had to get on my laptop, get the insurance on the spot and then drive through Hertfordshire down the M25, down the M11, under the Blackwall Tunnel to where I lived in Lewisham. First time I'd ever driven on my own. First time I'd ever driven a van. <laughs> that is not an easy route. It was a sweaty journey. Yeah. <laughs> Fun though. <laughs> and then what about the challenges you faced then when you, know, you were starting the business? You know, what were all the things that you took as learnings now that you'd pass on to other people? Um, street food is hard. It's really hard. Mm. If we're going way back, like... Um, the physicality of it like you don't really know until you do it how busy it's going to be where you're going to stand where you're going to move like where what people are going to ask for where they the amount of like controlling you have to do of of crowds of 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 lines and stuff um i didn't know how to use in a commercial fryer i didn't like we did no idea how to do a lot of it we just had to get their pitch up and just get it done and also the the paperwork which is obviously necessary from mm. a hygiene point of view but there is a heinous amount of paperwork to get through from nothing yeah. to starting once you started and you kind of know what you've got to do you can tick it over mm. and, and and you can keep it really good but yeah it's it's getting the paperwork done and you can do all that in advance way before you even sell anything before you even make a burger you yeah. you've got to get all that done um but street food is is tough um i'd say chat to someone who's done it before yeah. <laughs> so you get the skinny on the, what to ex- uh, yeah. expect and also um uh simplify your products because Good the one. last thing you want is like 10 ingredients that you, you can't pre-cook and you want to go into street food because the difference between street food and a lot of other things yeah. is people want their food in in, in 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> they're not going to sit down and wait and have a chat and a, and a, and a beer they're, they're like waiting looking at you going where's my wrap yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got other things to do there's like a line of like 100 people waiting for the same thing so you've got to really streamline your, your product and make sure you smile yeah. service with a smile well interesting you say about the paperwork side of things I, 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 so I did a little bit of work a while ago with Street Dots don't know if you know yep, Street Dots yep. like Athol and I guess yeah. and then um, that was their wish i think that they would take all that you fill all that a lot of the stuff out as much as you can once and then it's centrally stored and then you could almost trade like it being an uber app you know you could just book a spot and i mean i don't know if i ever got to that stage but i know that was their wish that they hoped that they could do that yeah yeah i mean i don't think i've ever worked with street dots for 
wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, there are. I mean, NCAS is great. Like my advice right. would be for anyone to join NCAS. Yeah. First thing you do, National Catering Association. Yeah. And um, their job is to to advise you to tell you what to do. The most scariest thing for me was the hygiene rating assessment. You know, you, you star rating one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Which is so important. Really yeah. important from. An educational point of view, when you do the, the paperwork and the training and you do it, that you realise how important all these things are mm. when you're working in food. Um, but you're it is always really fives? scary. Always fives. Yeah. But it is really scary. Um, and once you've got the first one out of the way, it's it, you feel a lot better. But NCAS, you can ring them up at any time of the day. Well, not any time. They're not like Samaritans. But Roughly. They basically yeah. are Samaritans for, for street food traders. Um, and go, I'm worried about this. And they'll go, okay, well, you know, maybe you don't need to do that. And you Get away from this. the ledge. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll send you a form. Uh, yeah. Again, it's a checklist. Oh, that's And cool. just run through the checklist and you'll be fine. So, yeah, there's, there, there's people out there who can help me. I mean, that's really cool in terms of just, just having that resource. But I remember, yeah, back at my Yo Sushi days when Ian, who was amazing, he was the kind of safety guy and uh, food safety head head off or something like that. I'll get it wrong, sorry, Ian. Um, <clears throat> but when he went round the sites, I mean, it was like, you know, Darth Vader was going oh, yeah. and I like, you know, people oh, were just yeah. like, oh shit, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would just surprise them and, you know, all the rest of it. But I didn't realise until lately, you know, if you've got like, say, a one star, it doesn't always mean you've got rats. You know, it can be mm. some maybe more simple things than that. Yeah, it can, but... It, but, but the public might, perception is like... Ah, what, it might, what it might mean, or probably doesn't mean, is you're more likely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let's let's try and remove You may have those. mice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we've... Now we've moved towards the product stuff. Obviously, there's a whole novel level. Oh, there's a new one. Oh, it's way, way. I mean, I mean we're, so we're now, it's amazing, actually. We're BRC, which is British Retail Consortium, I believe, um, which is at the higher level. Mm. Um, you think like doing training for yourself is the level of paperwork. And then you start to see now, and I find it quite encouraging in a lot of ways because mm. you realise that there is so a rigorous. general and duty for care yeah, yeah. with people but an incredible level of... And everybody we try and pick up a listing for and you go through their QA system and there'll always be something that no one else has asked you before. Oh, and you're right. like, eventually, you'll iron every single one of these yeah, things yeah. out. But there's always there's always just one point or another. And so whether it's a, a salt guideline or whether it's a, whether, yeah whether it's one particular ingredient that they, they want more, they need to need some more certification on, all those things. And it's, yeah. uh, it is... I think it's as an somebody who's new to the the more to this side of things and the food service side of things. I think it's really reassuring to see that there is that yeah. level, but at the same time, it makes everything complicated. Just so, so much harder. You've got to nail it. Yeah. And then, what about um, you know the the strap lines and the branding and all that? So, where did that come from? Was that quite a natural thing, or what? What sort of happened there? Um, it, it really is a lot. Um, gonna say again really is born out of biff really like <clears throat> a lot of the um the way we look and feel and sound and talk and the way our food is is all comes from a sort of a call back to a days gone by mm -hmm. shall we say um but bringing it into the into the future like it it's it's why not enjoy yourself like a, in a carefree manner like uh from the past but also being conscious about the future and also my name it's this whole like Biff Back to the Future 80s sort of thing. We wanted to really be overindulgent, over excessive, yeah. sound like that, feel like that, look like that, give people that, oh my God, you know, 
this is amazing food and, and it's a bit silly and a bit sweary and a bit stupid. Um, but at the same time, it juxtaposes with being vegan with where there's a lot of preconceptions that you're these sort of, um, you know, lentil loving. <laughs> I love lentils, by the way. Oh, yeah. I absolutely that's, love that's them. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like... Uh, Mental lentil, Southerner. Yeah, that's what exactly. you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've literally created a brand as we go. Yeah. <laughs> we get that sold in. Uh, yeah. Let's not broadcast this. Mental Dot <laughs> 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 com. I'll have bought this one time. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it just comes from that, really. It comes mostly from, from my brain, more than anything. Yeah. And is, is there, like, a music edge to it? Is like, an 80s thing yeah, going on there as well? Is, yeah, music is... Yeah, I used to play i did record producing and music technology at university uh-huh. so there's, a, there's a drinker's that? degree for you um it was <laughs> a uh, uh it was worthing northbrook college was it? but it's a subsidiary of sussex union right think, right but all the studios were in worthing for someone like me that came into the the, the vegan scene like yeah. you, you get a vegan night and you're like it's you realize that it's, it's there's this people have a preconception of it being uh, Pat's moved on a bit and not so much in London but in general it's still someone that's open toe sandals and a bit a bit hippie like yeah and then you turn up at vegan nights and it's just, just really awesome edgy yeah slightly urban like generally sort of bashment grime level type sound but like in a really friendly like awesome way and it's like music does play a really yeah. big part of that yeah, scene yeah. great and, uh, DJs great vibe yeah great food like again it's that no compromise kind yeah, of stuff yeah. which is really important and uh and as 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 we grow, trying to define those things is quite because when you start off, and they generally it's always going to be quite fluid. And I said yeah. it came from Biff and Krista and those things. And as we grow and as we lose degrees of control, when you put products into other people, you got to try and nail down those bits uh, to make yeah. it as interesting and consistent as you can. Yeah. And then what about product collaborations? So Death by Pizza and all these kind of things. What happened with those? Uh we've done a few. Yeah, I really enjoy that because collaborating gives you the opportunity to create something new yeah. like and both and everyone gains right you gain the person you're collaborating with gains and the people who are eating the food gain yeah. because it's something that they've not had before so like we did um collaboration with yard sale pizza yeah. um which was called jack to the future great name very good um jack's future pizza which was great we just they took a product from us put it on their pizzas and made this sort of vegan pizza it was like their their biggest selling like collab biggest selling pizza cool. at the time which was incredible um and then we did death by pizza as well a bit of a link there isn't it pizzas um but <laughs> what i did i love their pizzas so much you should check out death by pizza if you um yeah if, if you like um actually i think they've they've uh, where, where are they Beth? uh they just opened a shop on bethnal green cambridge heath is it okay um they're, they're called young vegans pizza now i think okay I think, which was their original name um but i took one of their pizzas and went i want to make that pizza into a burger rather than the other way around which is what we did with yard sale right so uh, i spoke to the guys mark and carla who are awesome and uh, got some of their the mozzarella that they all hand make they hand make all their products and so we stuffed our patties with mozzarella so it was like a melty middle yeah and then um we also took the pepperoni that they they make from scratch yeah. um and then we made our own um luckily one of our kitchen our kitchen manager jack used to be a pizza chef so he has an incredible pizza base recipe yeah. so we took we made our own pizza sauce we used their pepperoni mozzarella added some basil mayo and so it just it, these things like I, I i find it so creative to sit there and go okay w- what could we do how can we do that and how so how did they make the mozzarella 
vegan? Well, actually, I don't know because it's their recipe. I mean, it's a soy. But, but it is I think for sure. it's yeah, 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 yeah. They're wow. they're a vegan company. That's um, amazing, isn't it? They make all their own bits. They're brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some half decent cheeses out there. There's some really really not great vegan cheese out there. For sure, I've um, had that. <laughs> yeah. Am I that another bit of advice for anyone looking to go vegan? Don't eat cheese for yeah. like maybe three months and then go back to some of the vegan cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you'll feel like it's you okay. You feel like it's mm, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love collaborations. Always been. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, we worked with uh, Diageo on their Open Gate. Um, oh. They've got. They've created this sort of uh, brand called Open Gate Brew, which they're doing a lot of like experimental beers. Uh-huh. And we beer battered our wings with a citrus IPA. Very good. And then they create actually brewed a beer to go with it which was like this um uh gooseberry ghost like sour oh i know yeah beer. yeah and it, um, we did that collab with them that was brilliant great yeah. beer, beer and and biffs just go together <laughs> basically <laughs> write, that beer down. And write that strap line down well not that it's vegan however i was quite interested in being in kiev last week and we got taken to an italian that they've kind of funked up a bit with some modern kiev cooking um so a couple of interesting flavours on pizza, though. There was gorgonzola, so obviously that's not helpful. Um, but with quince on the pizza. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Like, oh, you put pineapple sweet, on pizza. Yeah. That's sweet, yeah. right? I'm not sure. By the way, I hate pineapple on pizza. Just, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, 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 I really like it. Yeah. So it needs no. to be a question in every no. one. Pineapple oh, on pizza, yay or yeah. no? Yeah. Like, I'm going to add that. It literally has become Both of you are no. No. I mean, when I was a kid, yes, and now I just... I've just never grown up. It's not necessarily the sweet unsavory i like that and i like pi- pineapple in curries and when it's yeah, yeah but it's on a pizza it's too juicy and water and you bite into it and it makes yeah. soggies things out i know it's a no i can understand <laughs> for me. i mean given, given the, some of the things that biff's done in terms of making stuff particularly juicy and soggy like yeah. for him to to be hating on it something. must be bad the man from del monte yeah. <laughs> um, okay well our last couple of questions i'll need to let you get on with your lives um what about delivery What's going on there? How's that affected you? Plus points, bad points? Um, it's, a, it's a tough one. Like you, I think delivery, you kind of, in a way, have to be there because mm. you have to reach as many people as you can. Yep. But most people in the industry know, and whether consumers know or not, like there is a margin percentage that delivery companies take, and you can't get around that a cr- either. A crippling one at yeah. times. It's not easy. Mm. Um, so it's it's sometimes you just have to swallow it and just um, just just get on with it and hope that the more chance you get to get your food in you know out there, um, the more chance people are going to buy it again in one of your shops or yeah. recognize you can it flip the them back to you in some way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the. So the dark kitchen space is interesting. So I dare say it'd be something we would try if we're looking to really own another city is to, to go yeah. and trial. But the dark kitchen thing is interesting is once you get into that and your virtual brands, and there's plenty of those knocking For about sure. now. It's like, well, are you even a restaurant brand then? It's hard to really know. Or are you actually, if, if, you're a, yeah. if you're a delivery brand that's only focused on delivery and you're replacing someone's evening meal, you're more akin to a retail brand in mm. a lot of ways and so there's this convergence at the moment there's a triangulation um, going on to, i was talking yeah. to there's um if you ever, do you know peter backman he's, i do yeah, yeah, yeah horizons he, yeah. he's got a lot of views on this sure. and uh it's, it's really true so yeah. like, and you've seen that now and you've seen like so leon has just got a range launched in sainsbury's and you're seeing this real kind of yeah a blurring of lines and you can get a pizza from 
Sainsbury's and Asda cooked that's their pizzas yeah, from the pizza counter and, delivered and, uh, to you. Yeah, yeah. And my local co-op also now delivers hangover hangover yeah, kits, basically. That's what I use it for. Yeah, you see it <laughs> on, be on a Saturday morning. A Saturday morning you walk around there and there's this poor guy with a headset and a basket like <laughs> that's oh, me, avocado yeah. it's avocado and bagels. Like <laughs> it's not avocado I'm getting, no no. It's just uh, crisps and chocolate mainly. <laughs> more wine. Trying to get more wine. Well, it's an interesting convergence. I mean there is a higher level question, does it matter? Or you know, or is it going to be a new space? You know, because do you have to peg yourself as a this or that interesting things like your sushi at the moment you know they're actually not slagging offers shying away from but they're sort of saying we're not a restaurant brand at all we're this multi-channel yeah. thing which they're, they're going into you know going retail they're they're, they're doing counters that mm. you know they're doing saucy you know so quite interesting from a strategy point of view i had a guy on called viv krask and viv is like a you know become like an uh or has become like an amazon sort of expert and he was talking about it that just all the lines are just becoming so blurred. And it is that last mile delivery now, almost last yard delivery, mm. um, which <clears throat> is becoming really exciting. And if he was you guys, you know, starting a brand today, he's like, there's no way you would open a shop, you know, like a Pret or a, you know, no. it would be dark kitchens, digital ingredient brands. It would be that all the way. You know, that's yeah. where you'd make the money. So, and we, and we definitely feel that there's. There's some interesting things you could probably do with pub chains, and there's a lot of oh, like yeah. there's a lot of space that kitchens are underutilized yep. and those kind of things, and it feels like there's some opportunities there. And you've got, as you said, you've got to see there's another there's another channel, and it's another ability to be able to reach consumers in a different way. Yeah, the challenges, of course, just it, it definitely takes away some of the experience. It's getting beat up on the back of a motorbike, yeah, and then it's not that warm, and you're just like that's your first experience, and it's different, yeah. and so you've. It's that whole thing around, uh, you know, n- not everyone got rich from the gold rush, but the man who sold the spades did really well. <laughs> the person that nails the delivery boxes and gets that yeah, all right, and yeah. you are seeing a lot of that delivery tech stuff, yeah. feels like, and fries that designed to stay crisp and those kind of things. Because yeah. I, I, I use delivery a fair amount, and actually yeah. probably, it's funny, even though I do it quite a lot, probably six out of ten times I'm pretty disappointed. Yeah, I'm just like, I agree oh. with that. I it's agree just, with that. Which is also quite sad when it comes to food isn't it because yeah. yeah. food, food what i love about food and why i'm really i'm never going back to advertising is just food is like a joyous like really lovely thing it can bring it people together yeah. yeah and if if it gets to the point that we're basically just giving people six out of ten all the time then yeah. it's just rubbish. that's where you'll die you know like we talk about this about reviews quite a lot you know when I'm with clients and it's like either be super shit are super great because at least someone <laughs> will give you feedback right <laughs> but if you're four five six out of ten and that's where the high street's got that, massacred you're just going to get a doing because people are going to go they're not and they're not going to it's like if you smell either stink or smell brilliant you know <laughs> like you know get someone to feed back either yeah, way yeah, whereas yeah. if you're just a bit whiffy yeah, no one's going to tell you. You know what I mean? Just probably you're just, just going to carry on. Hug you there, and yeah, you, yeah. And you need those hugs. Well, so. you know, you maybe think it's someone else or something. I'm not sure. Um, right. So, last couple of things. Then, so anything for the future? I mean, obviously, there's the food service stream and all that. Any other thoughts that you can share? Obviously, I don't want to know everything, but anything well, that you're the re- next. The retail's obviously part of that channel. Is that at some point it'd be nice to get into that space as well? Yeah. There's no hiding from that. Um, Beth Supermarché. <laughs> no, no, not selling. Uh, God, I wouldn't want to do that market. Beth Cole. But it, it feels <laughs> yeah. like there's opportunities in that space to, uh-huh. to get into that. And that yeah. will obviously go wider than 
what we just the core products and jackfruit. Yeah. Um, That'd be so exciting. And then I think yeah. I think what we'd love to get to the point is, and, and it feels like there's an opportunity. There's there's brands that really manage to stand for a lot more than just their food now. Although, yeah. so we we know um, Jimmy's Ice Coffee, know Jim Cregan. He's just yeah. a total dude. Yeah, and you go to their. I think you go to their place and yeah. it, it, it it feels like there's a lot more than a company there. It's just a general kind of ethos and it changes. Way of life. It would be lovely if we could get yeah. to that. Uh, we've just, and just sit there and be like, we and didn't feel like we've made any sacrifices to get yeah. there. That would be fantastic. Can't he try and get Jimmy on the podcast actually? He'd be, he'd be good, oh, wouldn't he's, he? He's a, he's a total dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd do well to get him to London, but... I can go to him, it's fine. It's yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> he's, so, he's so good. So... Yeah. Nice. Right. Some fun questions for the end. So, mark out of 10, we've got a little segment where we just say best ofs, worst ofs, things like that. So, best city to eat in? Because obviously, I kind of had to think about this before I got uh-huh. here. And I love London to eat in. I think we're very spoiled in here, but I thought that was a really boring answer. And Yeah, it's mostly I, the answer that yeah, we get. But yeah. then, what I generally love, eating out, I generally love is when it's, it's, it's part of a wider experience. Yep. So, and where do I think about every year that I would most like to be? It's probably sat on a beach at Formentera. And there's a couple of restaurants there that you've got to get to. It's a hard, you've probably got to get to what someone's got to drop you over on a boat or something. It's not an easy place to get right. to. And you sit there in the sun and someone brings you some nice rice and you just sat there and it's just like that. So it's not really city, but that'll, that'll do. Just from the experience of just feeling really happy and like it not being about in a hurry, just yeah. four hours sat there. It might be the wine, but. <laughs> Four hours, that's good going. <laughs> what about you, Beth? Um, I, I, weirdly, I, you say London, everyone says London. I think three, four years ago, people wouldn't be saying London. That's true. That is very and true. Even though, from a vegan perspective, it was Berlin for me. Berlin was just it? fantastic. Yeah. Like, I'd say London is better now, but I, it's nice to go somewhere else, right? Yeah. Like, Berlin is, is a great city. Yeah. It's a great vibe. Low, on every corner there's there's a vegan burger bar or like vegan kebab or whatever um and then you know afterwards you can go out raving to burgerland or something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i think uh, I, I think <laughs> your clothes <laughs> just Gar- <laughs> uh, uh, barry you know the band mogwai yeah do you? i barry uh, i think he's got a, ca- a cafe out there maybe He's kind of the multi-instrumentalist. It's a great place there. to hang out. Yeah. I've never been. I need to go. I lived there. Like I say that? I lived there, but yeah. I mean, I was consulting there only for like two months or something. Yeah. But even, even that still. was a just a really fun time. Wow. I, I love Berlin. I feel like Biff's got a good look for Berlin as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, looks like it could have been in some 80s electro band. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. just, uh, yeah, just singing about like, you know, Kraftwerk way about Berlin. <laughs> All about old G. Um, so... <laughs> Best restaurant. So, have you got one that's in mind? Like the best restaurant that you love to bits. Uh, I'm going to go super local. Actually, I live in Surbiton, and uh-huh. I what I on top of like the big experiences stuff. I like relaxed, just really lovely. And we've got uh, there's Maple Road in Surbiton where mm. there's there's a quite Michelin starred place called the french house and then oh, there's okay. the antelope that's all like big smoke brewery and they do like nice beer and then there's a place called number 97 where there's a guy called sam and his wife and it they just took it on and it's like it was a bit originally it was like small plates it was a bit like rubbing gill the dairy type stuff and yeah. now it's just lovely like local you can turn up the music's 
generally always pretty good and quite loud, but you can have a conversation. It's relaxed. Yeah. Food's always on point. It always feels like it's an experience. Yeah. But the flip side, I can turn up in a hoodie and a track and just a <laughs> tracksuit, and it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it's yeah. That. So uh, that's probably where I'm happiest. So that one wins. That's quite cool. You know, being local, that's, that's it. Doesn't often happen. What about you, Beth? If I'm going to pick the like the the top top best vegan food that I've ever had, I'd have to say vanilla black in Chancery Lane. Yes, ran by a guy called Andrew, who I know just through yeah, the scene, yeah. who's been incredibly supportive. With, with he's great, he's really funny mm-hmm. from the northeast, a great guy. But um, it's like fine dining, but vegan vegetarian, and it's just from a taste perspective. Yeah. I don't, I've never been never had anything better, but it's quite pricey, right? So, but for a good reason, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's What sort of things are on there then? It's just um, small plates, like five, seven course tasting menus, deconstructed bits, things flipped on their head, like things you might not expect, like using a lot of like savory ingredients in desserts and, and, the, and you know, okay. it's, it's, it's really like, not quite like scientific cooking, but it's, yeah. but it's experimental and, and, and it will take you on a journey. So Nice. Yeah. And what about best dish? Like the thing that you crave? Uh, the thing I crave the most is beef burgers. It's burgers, yeah, right? Like really good red meat burgers yeah. and fried chicken, <laughs> and which is why I started the company. Like, yeah. and we've got half of that down, you know. So <laughs> nice, yeah. What do I know? I mean, what I as a favorite dish or something that I've, I really hold quite dear, just because it was one of the first things that I was like. I'm just always going to order that now and not have the meat version is I think honest do an amazing plant burger. It's very good. Yeah. It's just, they treat the burger, right? Biff was like, if you're going to try one, try there. And the gluten-free like, bun is actually, I thought better than the yeah, normal bun. Just, I really enjoyed that. It's got to the point now that the honest, I've lived, I've got a Waterloo as an honest on the way back. There Relatively yeah. regularly stay there. And so if you have a few beers, my, and I have, just won't order a meat product yeah, yeah it's really happy and i it's great because generally you're always eating with other people and they're like well no, just just try that and yeah, like, yeah and that again it's like because it, it it kind of inspires me as well because that's what we want to do and so uh yeah it makes me want one of those it's a nod to quality as well like yeah. uh, they use a beyond burger right yeah and you can get beyond burger in loads of places yeah. i have had some absolutely diabolical Shockers. beyond burgers like terrible i had one where i placed deep fried it like it was a fried chicken right. rather than platen grilled it like a beef burger and I was like what the hell are you doing yeah, you're like yeah. ruining this piece of engineering like <laughs> so I love the Beyond Burger but that's why I told Andy to go to, to Honest because they, yeah. they they know how to build a burger and, and you've got to know how to build a burger there's a science behind it yeah <laughs> well I think again for them that's the great thing that they're taking the view that they've got for you know the the original product for all products you know and yeah. that's the way it should be so yeah. yeah tom will be very happy with that so well, <laughs> well done mate um and then yeah best uh drink so i'm i'm pretty poor on this front it's one of those things i wish i was more expansive I you wish you were more expensive. Yeah, I, expensive. Oh, so expensive. expensive. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm, I've always that's been. Like just I've just always order been the cheap. one that's lower down on the menu. That's I've how always it works, been yeah. cheap. Uh, no, the um, I will drink wine if it's in front of me, but yep. I just drink lager. Yeah. I when because obviously London's been at the heart of craft beer. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I taste that one, and eventually I'm just like, I'm just gonna have the lager. Strong I'll, I'll European have like a, lager, please. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I, have, I like German style like pills, and if you yeah, get yeah. like a Kolsch, but. Reality was like you, you go out and I've got a few friends that you go craft beer rising and mm. it's like incredible branding, 
incredible stuff and within about two minutes I'm like hopped out from incredibly strong IPAs and I just want a lager so. well I, I've got that problem it's just I'm getting old and, and all these things and it's just heartburn city man like <laughs> <laughs> so at night I'm just like oh you're sloshing me all that and it's like oh man just need a tenants, you know but anyway that's what happens uh, what about you Beth you got a go to what's your thing I have a new one right right and that's purely because we're in Brewdog my new one is one of their beers called uh. East Coast Crush oh, oh my god it's I haven't had so that so good what, what is it it's uh, it's it is a like a pale ale uh-huh. sort of fresh um, cloudy pale ale and it's fantastic and it's so annoying because they only have it on for a certain time and then when it's gone it's gone and oh, then they, right? they brew another batch and then they'll bring it in and, and I, I really love it but um, I do love an old fashioned as well oh yeah good I'm one very partial to an old fashioned yes well it, it either kind of makes me or breaks me you know because you got offered that a lot of the time at the start of the night you might have it as a <laughs> and then yeah if you have maybe one more then yeah the rest of the night goes a little bit skew with so it's, I was, in, I was yeah. in Barcelona a few weeks ago for a wedding and it was the week of the um, weekend of the Classico that got cancelled right and we went for a meal and then me and Krista went to a old fashioned bar and it was like an old school sort of like speakeasy style yeah, but yeah. they just focus on old fashions and uh, had some very very good old fashions just all different old fashions just loads and loads of different old fashions wow um, and at the end of the bar there was two guys who were getting really drunk because they'd come all the way over to see the Classico from Chicago uh-huh. and they'd had their tickets booked and their flights booked and they only cancelled it the week why, before why was it cancelled because the, the civil, civil unrest in Barcelona with oh, the um, right. the, the, the Catalan, Catalan yeah. um, stuff going on um, so they were just like and this guy just kept standing up and going mercy <laughs> mercy and then ordering another old fashioned so Very we're just <laughs> sipping ours in the corner going this is fun sounds like Indiana Jones <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, a yeah. temple of uh-huh. uh, no, I remember having an old fashioned uh, uh, Fino as it was uh, just off Charlotte Street, mm-hmm. that we lost afternoon in there one time, one of my suppliers, and uh, I got our old fashioned. But it came with just like uh, three cubes of like perfect blue cheese just on a, wow. a skewer. And it, it just, and I saw it, I was like, oh, and then actually it worked wow. incredibly well. So it was all cool. All right. So the last thing then is worst restaurants, bad experiences, <laughs> stuff that you either want to name and shame or stay away from or what, so, what's going I've, on. I was thinking about that. And it, you, it's been a while since I went somewhere and generally thought that is awful. Yeah, yeah. Like generally, like I don't know. You get a read for it, and I think we live in such a competitive space. Mm-hmm. Things that I tend to really hate is where they the portions are just ridiculously big for no apparent reason and in massive waste. So my idea of hell is a carvery, where people right. are competitive. Like it's like the Ryanair of eating. Yeah, just yeah. like I just. That's my idea. Of, but <laughs> I just, oh. I don't like the whole, the pressure to pile a plate kind of overfacedness. Yeah. So, I, I generally can't remember the last time. I mean, uh, this is a controversial thing to say, but I bet a few people will know. I, I work at a Soa house group quite a lot and it, I love it in there, but yeah. it can be pretty mixed. I think for they sometimes. For food? Yeah. I think sometimes they can present a really awesome front of house. Yeah. And, it, and, and just sometimes it's just like, uh, that's a, quite a controversial thing to say, but I just think because it feels like a so first quick, world problem over there, doesn't it? Does. I mean, I, <laughs> my private members club has become so everything uh, I ever hated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, I yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience in there, but I don't eat there. Probably have breakfast more than anything there, um, and then I'm kind of I'm getting on with yeah, my day. Yeah, and it's actually I said I should qualify that because it's not like I sit there and go, "This is awful," and stuff. Yeah, like, but they're just occasionally like, it's like kind of just messes. 
get a side of toast and it's like yeah. it's like four quid for like two pieces of bread and I, I just you can't help yeah. but sit there and think of the margin and get frustrated by it and then yeah. I should just eat at home shouldn't I so, <laughs> bring your own stuff I just, won't be uh, welcome though either, so. oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll cut this bit out what about you Beth you had some shockers well I'm gonna unashamedly say I'm the opposite to Andy uh, in that when I eat out unfortunately because of my pre pre uh disposition to being a burgerholic i rip everything to shreds right. <laughs> and i can't help it especially burgers yeah, yeah. like if you if you eat with me the first thing i'll do is just like start peeling away the layers all off. of the burger and going well that's not been toasted enough and i would have put those in a different order yeah and so i'm perpetually disappointed by food <laughs> it's a terrible dinner guest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i'll just refer to my previous point about someone deep frying a beyond burger and, yeah. and that is sacrilege like you you, you can't deep it's a it's a, it's a beef burger like yeah you yeah. platten grill it and you get the salt level right and you get a little crust on it and you and you take care and this by yeah. the way this was a place i won't say it was it was in walthamstow they opened recently and they're ran by burger people and they should know they should know better yeah and i was i i was so disappointed also does it not beg questions of what it was fried in Yes, that is another thing, and that's something that we deal and, with in the industry. Like, and they're, you know, and then they're in exactly what we were talking about earlier. It's yeah. like you can only ever know so much, and the same way you get in facilities for manufacturing, you get crust. Yeah, like the second you get into any kind of restaurant kitchen space, like the opportunity for crust contamination is so much higher, right? Yeah. And, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's like if it's fried with the fish, that kind of stuff, and you see that yeah. quite a lot. Oh, apparently it's okay to eat fish, uh, to, according to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, very last thing then before we go, as it's the new year, gentlemen, uh, resolutions. To know, actually, I'm not very big on resolutions. No, I don't like falling off the wagon. Sure. Um, I so I no, I don't really do them. I I, I don't like it. I, I wish for the year. Um, well, I, I mean, the wish is obviously million to, dollars to, yeah, to, <laughs> no. uh, I, I think, um, well, given the climate with Brexit and whatnot, like is to, is to be successful is to expand and, and do it in a way that is sustainable. You know, that's, yeah. that's the wish. Um, and it'd be great if we can bring out some great new products into supermarkets. <laughs> no pressure. What about you, Andy? Um, I, I mean, I just have a, my general thing is about I just like to feel like I'm moving forwards. Yeah. So as long as you get to the end of the year and you feel like we've now, when I look at the end of this year compared to where we started, I mean, we hadn't even got the have we got the plan? We we were maybe even starting to put that think about that plan and we've done that. And as much as you might get frustrated, it's like, oh Christ, we've done a lot. So as yeah. long as by the end of the year, it feels like we've moved forward again. And ultimately, I mean, we're in an environment where things are going to change, right? It yeah. just, there's going to be curveballs. Some people are going to fall by the way for it, but wayside. But if by the end of it, we feel like we've moved forward again, hmm. then uh, maybe we'll catch up and we'll, uh, we'll tell you where we got Definitely to. up for a part two. Definitely. We should get some food to do it. Oh. Right. Well, for 2020, I wish you well, gentlemen. And uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see what you do next. So very exciting. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. So there you go. That was Biff and Andy from Biff's Kitchen. I'm so excited to get this episode out. I think the guys were wonderful. It was a real good laugh and they're just a complete duo and ball of energy. 
Thanks also to you for listening and telling that one colleague or friend about the podcast. It really seems to be working and I'm really grateful to you for spreading the good word. Massive thanks to BDO for all of the support since day one. It really wouldn't be possible without them. Massive thanks to Gaz and Gabby for all of their help in putting the podcast together yet again. I really, really appreciate all of the hard work and everything that you do for me. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thanks for listening. I really hope that this episode, more than others, potentially, is bringing you some great value and really will help your brand boom. Boom.